joining us for uh, this episode. Uh, we have a great guest on uh, the Bitcoin.com exchange channel today. It is the CEO of Moonbeam, uh, Derek Yu. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, excited to hear about the project. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, you, you know, one of the one of the things um, that really fascinated me uh, looking at the project was the fact it was built um, uh, off and around the polka dot, uh, and and the smart contracts uh, are really centric to what you guys are doing um, as far as uh, the mechanics of it. But before I delve into that, I really, I ask this of everybody, want to know how you got sucked down the crypto rabbit hole, how you came to be earning a living in it from, you know, what you were doing on the traditional side of life. Um, and then, and then we'll go into the project, but definitely want to hear about your story. Sure. No, I, yeah. Happy to share a bit of that. So um, yeah, I think my background is actually largely not from the crypto world. You know, I'm consider myself a relatively recent, um, you know, kind of uh, entrant into the space. Um, most of my experience has been just building kind of regular software and technology companies, you know, in the you know, originally the web one, but then the web two uh, space, um, you know, uh, worked in a series of startups, you know, even starting, uh, I'll date myself, just going back to, you know, the first internet wave, um, you know, did a bunch of work uh, uh, there, especially on the kind of data center and data center automation, you know, in those uh, industries. And uh, probably most notably, uh, back in 2006, uh, I started a company along with another guy uh, called Fuse. That was a regular kind of web to, you know, enterprise focused cloud technology company in the, you know, communications area. And, uh, you know, I was there for a good long while. I was there for uh, I think 13 years, like all told, uh, building that company up over time. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it came to be a big company in the end, uh, you know, starting from the two of us in 2006, you know, at the time I left last year, that was a a 700 person company. So, you know, it had definitely grown you know, quite a oh, lot wow. um, and learned a lot in that journey. And in fact, a lot of the people that are with me now today, uh, you know, at Moonbeam are, uh, or at PureStake, the company, you know, where the company building Moonbeam, um, you know, came from, you know, our people that I met on that journey. And that this is where the crypto story comes in. So, you know, the, the way I got into crypto is my co-founder from that company, a guy named Steve Kokinos, um, he left uh, Fuse to start a crypto project. Uh, so, uh, and so he's now the CEO of a project called Algorand, which is another, you know, layer one blockchain, uh, it's based here in Boston, like I am. And so, you know, when your co-founder that you've worked with for 10 years, uh, you know, 10 plus years leaves to go do something, you kind of are in, innately curious about, okay, well, where, where are you going again? What are you doing? And so, uh, that's what really started my interest. I started kind of pulling on the string there and, um, uh, you know, uh, one thing leads to another, right? I mean, there's a lot of string to pull basically on, on this thing. So. Uh, started learning quite a bit, um, you know, talking to him and, uh, you know, got extremely interested in just the technology and the space. Um, and then ultimately, you know, I said, I, I got to, you know, I got to get in here and do something. And I, I think I was ready for another, uh, you know, kind of, um, you know, once a company gets big, it's kind of a different kind of place, right? I was ready to kind of go back to have another startup and kind of, you know, start something new again. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm having a blast. It's been like a, it's been a, you know, a real breath of fresh air to kind of get into, you know, do something new, have a new startup. And, um, yeah, so we started last year doing work. Um, uh, you know, did a lot of work in and around the Algorand ecosystem. Continue to do that and provide uh, you know, some services, uh, infrastructure services um, uh, for the Algorand network. And I think, though, there is a journey that we've been on even within crypto that's led us, uh, you know, first to Polkadot. So I would say the explanation I give there is that, uh, you know, we we're big believers in this idea of that there's going to be multiple blockchains in the future, kind of a multi-chain future, and you know, we think that 
the problems related to the cross-chain interoperability. So how all these blockchains are going to talk to each other are some of the key challenges to overcome. And so that uh, you know kind of way of looking at the world and that concept led us pretty quickly to uh, you know to Polkadot because uh, that you know that I think that they have you know that that network has this vision of there being multiple blockchains and you know the platform itself is trying to address these problems of cross-chain interoperability. So we've been kind of working in this Polkadot ecosystem for you know, you know a good eighteen months now plus I'd say, and uh, that's kind of where we came you know upon our idea uh, you know for, for Moonbeam, uh, which is a you know a project that we're building you know, in the Polkadot ecosystem. You know, it's interesting. A couple of points that you brought up before. Um, uh, you know, the space is highly entrepreneurial, and you are a serial entrepreneur. By definition, I think it's if you, uh, you know, uh, uh, started two companies or more is the metric. I don't know, but you know, one of the hardest things that we see in the space is is team building, right? And the project success is is more or less decided on the team that you build behind it and, and how they work together. What was fascinating is that you say a lot of the team came over from your first uh, company. Uh, that you built up, which was on the traditional side, over to the Moonbeam project, and and I mean, could you have seen it any other way? I, did it did it accelerate the growth of Moonbeam to where it is today because you had that cohesiveness already? Yeah, I mean, uh, multiple thoughts on that. I mean, I'd say uh, my my thinking about like hiring and team building has like evolved a lot over time. Like as I've you know uh, you know been involved in building you know these businesses, and I'd say that. And I see this even in crypto, right? Where I think when I, you know, when I first started, I tended to, you know, really over, almost overemphasize on kind of technical knowledge and like industry knowledge. So I think I still see that in crypto, where people say, "Oh, I got to get, you know, the guy or the gal that is already crypto knowledgeable or knows crypto." But I think, you know, what I've learned over time is that, you know, you can always teach someone skills, but kind of, you know, really kind of find finding, you know, team members that have the right, you know, the same kind of values and the same kind of. Uh, you know, kind of more, you know, fundamental disposition, like, you know, they're going to fit, they you know, be a cultural fit with the team is much more important, basically, because you yeah. can always, people can always learn, people can always, you know, you, you, you know, if you start just like working in an industry, you're going to like pick it, pick it up. I mean, it may take a little bit. I mean, crypto is maybe a little bit more complicated than some other industries, but nonetheless, I mean, you know, given, you know, six months somewhere, like, you know, anyone's going to learn and, you know, you can teach people those things, but you can't teach people to like share your same values or anything like this. So, and, and you can't where, change that. Yeah, you can't. There's some things that like are very difficult to change. So, I mean, that's kind of my philosophy. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, if I look at my team, even, I mean, not everyone came from my, my previous uh, company um, uh, or, or, you know, people I worked with in the past. And I've tended to just hire people from outside of the crypto industry, right? And then you you, you teach them. And I think if you have, you know, great quality people, like, you know, they're, they're willing to learn and I think maybe that's that helps the industry as a whole, right? To bring people in from the outside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, many people say cultures is definitely the key, and the values are definitely uh, uh, the winning formula for that. Let's delve into exactly what the project is going to do. Um, you know, you are uh, you're coming out with Glimmer, which is uh, the uh, token coin behind the project. Um, which is being listed on Bitcoin.com exchange. What is it that Moonbeam is out to solve or create efficiencies in, or what's the ultimate goal? Yeah, so I would say a, a few things. Um, 
you know, we've been learning a lot about, you know, about uh, the Polkadot ecosystem as we've been working in it. And, um, you know, we're, we're pretty excited to see a lot of the attention and traction that it's getting. And I think one thing we realized uh, fairly early on is that, you know, uh, there's different ways that you can build on, on Polkadot. And one of the ways is to do what we've done, right? So we use this framework called Substrate, which is this kind of whole framework that the team behind Polkadot Parity is providing um, that allows you to build your own blockchain. And, uh, you know, that's, it, it's really cool. It's allowed us to build, uh, you know, a lot of our core technology um, and it makes sense for some people. But I would say that what we were pretty quick to realize is that, you know, it, it doesn't make sense for everyone, right? So for a lot of projects that are looking to build, um, you know, having their own blockchain is kind of a little bit maybe overkill or is not necessarily the thing that's needed for their use case. And so, you know, for those teams kind of, uh, I think something that was similar and more familiar to, to them, like a kind of an Ethereum style or smart contract, you know, system, you know, was a much better fit for their needs. So, um, you know, so I think that's what we realized is that, hey, there's a strategic spot, you know, within Polkadot to create, you know, a, a platform that provides a smart contract capability. And, um, you know, even kind of within that idea, we're big believers in this kind of uh, Ethereum compatibility that we're working on. So we're kind of working on, you know, creating an environment that very, really looks and feels and behaves much like uh, Ethereum does. And so why, why do we do that, right? Well, I kind of say that I call us sometimes like practical people. So the practicality is that there's all these tools that people have already created that work with Ethereum, right? So things like, you know, Truffle, Remix, MetaMask, I mean, all, all these kind of tools that both developers and users use to interact with that system. And so by being kind of compatible with Ethereum, all those same tools can be used, you know, with Moonbeam. So that's, you know, a great, uh, you know, a great advantage. And um, probably more important than that is that, um, uh, you know, uh, basically existing projects, right? So there's all these people who have already made these big investments into, you know, an Ethereum-based deployment. And uh, that's a big part of what, of what we do is we're targeting basically people that, um, uh, that uh, as, you know, initial kind of um, developers to work on our platform, people that already have existing Ethereum deployments. And, um, uh, you know, the message that we have for them are kind of the, you know, what, what we kind of tell them is, hey, we can help you with a multi-chain deployment. So it's not necessarily generally the case that they're leaving Ethereum. Uh, you know, they obviously have an existing deployment and there's users and other things. And really what they're doing is um, uh, they're, they're interested in like a multi-chain deployment where they remain on Ethereum and have a deployment there, but use the same code base to have like a Polkadot-based deployment. Uh, but no, that's interesting. So, you know, break that down, like give a give a uh, um, uh, an easy to understand like example of, of when that situation happens, because I don't think a lot of people are cognizant of multi-chain deployments. Yeah, so, well, I'll give you just an example of someone we're working with. So for example, uh, the project SushiSwap is like a project that we're working with. So they obviously have the, an existing deployment on Ethereum, uh, you know, for a decentralized exchange, as well as there's a new uh, lending and borrowing protocol, this Bento Box lending and, lending and borrowing protocol that they're working on. But you know, in working with us, they're going to have a deployment of that decentralized exchange and lending and borrowing protocol uh, on Moonbeam, and in doing so, uh, get to Polkadot. So um, you know, and the point is that there's like different assets that are on you know, Polkadot. You have Dot. Um, you know, you have all of these new assets that are being created. Uh, you know, by all the project teams on Polkadot that are generally not accessible like on Ethereum. So um, you know, it kind of makes sense from their point of view. It makes sense to have uh, you know an instance of their deployment. You know that can address these these different assets that are you know in the Polkadot ecosystem. You know, I'd say the the other thing too is that obviously you can maybe hit a different kind of user because the fees are so much less. Basically, are going to be so much less. So there's you know there's certain users that are not well served on Ethereum today. Uh, you know, especially ones where there's smaller trade amounts or smaller you know kind of transaction amounts. 
Um, so that's you know, another thing that we see you know, projects wanting to do is find a solution for those kinds of users. Yeah, and and you know those things of you know particularly the fees have just uh, they've been problematic, uh, particularly over the last couple uh, months, but definitely through the whole year. Um, and how how do you guys go about you know solving for that uh, that type of issue? Yeah, I mean it's just simply that like the fees are, are like less are less expensive like on on Moonbeam. Um, and I think you know uh, I mean we're we're kind of emulating kind of like a lot of these Ethereum features like and. Um, you know, but the gas fees are going to be like substantially lower, uh, you know, as we're as we're starting out for sure. And um, so that's obviously a big benefit. Now, I do I would say, though, that what a lot of people have in mind that are working with us is it, it may be the case that they ultimately want to get to be their own parachain, their own blockchain. Right. As I was describing before, that may not have been a good fit up front, but you know, ultimately would be a good fit as they you know get more users and kind of want to have more control over their environment. And so there, that's, there's kind of this upgrade path that exists on Polkadot that doesn't exist on other networks. So you can start you know, with uh, a smart contract-based deployment, but you can kind of evolve to be your own you know, application-specific blockchain. And that's kind of the ultimate in scalability, right? Is to have your own, you know, your own blockchain that's specifically designed and optimized for um, you know, that, you know, your use case. And so with that, then what are we talking about? Instead of, let's say, more forking in the future, it would be more migrations in the future, you know, simply where, let's say, uh, one project started out on Ethereum, right? It's a, it's a very, it's a low barrier of entry. Uh, they get their uh, themselves going. But then as they build critical mass, to your point, and they need additional features or, or want to put in uh, different permissions and protocols, going into their own blockchain is, is a natural progression, right? So... I guess then from that point of view, uh, it would be a migration from their, let's say, their, if they have a token, their token on Ethereum to their own blockchain going on, much like Av and Len did and, and stuff like that in DeFi space. But is that, how you is that how you perceive or how you want the future to be? I would say that, you know, what I see for the most part is not necessarily a full on, you know, the, most of the products we're working with um, are not interested in in migrating from Ethereum, but they are interested in, you know, basically I think what this last like summer is like run up in, in gas prices on Ethereum, you know, due to the, you know, the, the yield farming and these other kind of DeFi like led um, activities. I think it made it clear that, you know, hey, just, just having an Ethereum la uh, layer one only strategy is probably not viable, right? So like, I mean, yes, you can serve a whole bunch of use cases and users like with that kind of approach, but you're going to be missing, even, even for a successful project, you're going to be missing out on some set of users and use cases that you just can't serve well. And so that's why I think there's a moment right now where people are trying to figure out, okay, well, what, what is my strategy beyond just Ethereum layer one? And that's where you see a, a, a wide variety of different things being considered. For example, there's all this work around layer two and kind of rollups. And, uh, and this is where I think, uh, you know, looking at other chains like Polkadot and others is, is something that you know, people are open to now. And for us, you know, I think while there's different pros and cons to all of these different approaches, I mean, for us outside of Ethereum, Polkadot is, is definitely like, you know, I think the most interesting uh, ecosystem out there in terms of organic adoption, growth, you know, interesting things happening, new projects starting. Uh, so that's kind of where we wanted to, you know, kind of be and, and spend our time. Okay. And, you know, as, as the CEO of, uh, uh, of a project uh, that's blockchain based and, and, and has, a, has its own crypto component that's coming out, what do you see as the biggest challenges, um, you know, as you've gone through the Moonbeam project from starting it 
uh, that may be the same or may be different from, you know, your previous company. Uh, but do, yeah, what are the hurdles and, and how do you adapt to them? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think, you know, I mean, several things come to mind. Um, you know, one is I would say that, uh, you know, it's definitely the case that the technology in this area is all very, very new. And, you know, you're often just on the bleeding edge, you know, figuring things out, hitting bugs, you know, getting stuck, you know, try, you know, addressing those issues and then kind of going back to, you know, to do more work. Um, you know, that's something that I would say took some getting used to because, you know, I think when you're in the web two space building, I mean, things are like much more mature, right? So you have cloud services, you know, for a lot of things, it's point and click. Um, so that's definitely a big change. I would say that the, you know, on the engineering side, there certainly is a specialized skill set uh, that's needed. Um, you know, so the, I do spend a lot of my time recruiting, uh, you know, I would say, uh, uh, particularly in the engineering area, uh, that's like another uh, another challenge. But you know, when I step back, some of the key observations I'd say um, in crypto that strike me coming from you know a more mature Web two area are that uh, one I would say for sure is the end user experience. So you know, if I look at my last company where I was uh, in terms of end user experience, um, you know, we probably a third of my product team was devoted to end user experience. So that would be designers, uh, UX researchers. Uh, you know, people working on, you know, iterating on kind of front end designs. And, um, you know, you come to crypto and then there's like, like a person, if you're lucky, right, in, in the team, right? And like sometimes none. Uh, so, I mean, this is where I think there's like a big, big gap in like the level of kind of energy and effort going towards kind of this end user experience, you know, when you compare, you know, non crypto world to kind of crypto world. And so that's something that, you know, while we're an infrastructure company, that's something that we're mindful of and we're trying to you know, support projects that are kind of tackling these problems. Because I think that, you know, that is cannot be underestimated on uh, how important that is for like adoption, right? When people are wondering about adoption, um, you know, that, you know, the, sometimes it's the, the worst technology with the better user experience, you know, they're going to get the adoption, right? Because they just are worried about how to get users like using, using the system and not have all this specialized knowledge. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, I think that's a key, those are key points actually that uh, translate just into the traditional world as well with uh, any other service or product, right? There's a, a certain uh, methodology to satisfying uh, the end user and, um, and, and how that cycle goes. I'm gonna, um, what I wanna do is in, in closing this up is ask you, where do you see, because on the traditional side, it's you have a lot of metrics of history that you can say, hey, where do you see yourself in, in three years? Um, in crypto, uh, and when you're building cutting edge uh, services and technology, it, it's almost a guessing game, right? You're, you're, you're rubbing the crystal ball to see what the, the surroundings are gonna be, but where do you see Moonbeam um, in, in three years as far as in the space. And if you wanna give a little prediction on where what that space looks like in three years, I'll take that too. Yeah, I mean, I would say that uh, I have many thoughts here, but I mean, I'll, I'll focus on one, which is that for, you know, I draw, I, I think of a lot of like uh, analogies, right? I think in terms of analogies sometimes, right? And I think about how just basically computing infrastructures evolved over time. And, and kind of you know compare that to where I see blockchains and you know for me right now you know blockchains are kind of consider they're kind of it's almost like they're um, they're considered to be these like islands right like where you have these these blockchains and app if you're a developer you're choosing one and it's this huge decision and then you know when you're on one you're just on that one and maybe you move to another one 
And it's almost like, uh, it's like back in the 1970s when you had like different computer platforms and it was a big decision, hey, I'm gonna deploy on an IBM or on a you know, digital equipment, PDP-11 or- I had to commit. Yeah, you had you, to do commit. <laughs> but if you think about how things evolved, I mean, they were, the computers became much more numerous and specialized, right? And then applications started to kind of span multiple kinds of systems and you had multiple more specialized systems and these layers of abstraction. So that's kind of the, the, the trend that I see is that, you know, we're going to move from having this few number of blockchains to many more, and they're going to become increasingly specialized. And they're going to be kind of, uh, you know, increasingly kind of like rolled up to like higher, you know, higher and higher level services. So, I mean, that's probably not a three-year prediction. That's more of a maybe 10-year prediction. But, uh, you know, I, that's kind of a large part of the reason why, you know, we're working where we are is because we see kind of the, the underlying tools that you need to, to create these like new specialized systems. That's like substrate in the case of, of Polkadot. And then you have this environment where these specialized systems can kind of interoperate. And so that's the, you know, we're kind of just playing one part of this, like lar in this larger system. And, you know, I, I see us kind of specializing for now in this Ethereum compatibility and providing for an easy on-ramp. But over time, I see us specializing in kind of being able to combine services from all of these different specialized blockchains together before they're presented to the user. Uh, and so that's kind of this kind of, um, you know, specialization and increasing, you know, increasingly specialized systems that get combined. That's kind of the, the trend that I see and where I see things headed. Uh, very cool, you know, and folks, uh, Moonbeam's information is all going to be in the description. Um, CEO Derek, uh, you, he has been uh, generous with his time today, but check out the description. You can go find out everything you need to know about the project. Um, Glimmer, uh, ticker GLMR, is coming out on Bitcoin.com exchange uh, for listing and available to trade soon. Um, so keep your eye out on that. But Derek, thank you so much for uh, joining us and taking time out of your schedule. Really appreciate it. And looking forward to uh, the launch of the coin, looking forward to, uh, you know, more news on the project. And, and I think what you guys are doing is actually really particularly interesting and useful in this space. Thank you. Cool. Well, th thanks so much for having me. Uh, our pleasure.